rhapsody, enthusiastic expression of feeling, an epic poem, a recitation, highly emotional utterance, literary, music in irregular form, stitched together, improvised, a collection of effusive, extravagant discourse, rapturous, ecstasy, You're listening to a Rose Rhapsody. I understand. Yeah. So when I I'm, 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 They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. At first the infant, mewling and puking in the nurse's arms, and then the whining schoolboy, with his satchel and shiny morning face creeping like snail unwillingly to school, and then the lover, sighing like furnace with woeful ballad made to his mistress's eyebrow, Then a soldier, full of strange oaths and bearded like the pard, jealous in honor, sudden and quick in quarrel, seeking the bubble reputation even in the cannon's mouth. And then the justice, in fair belly round, with good cape unlined, with eyes severe and beard of formal cut, full of wise saws and modern instances, and so he plays his part. The sixth age shifts into the lean and slippered pantaloon with spectacles on nose and pouch on side, his youthful hose well saved, a world too wide for his shrunk shank and his big manly voice turning again towards childish treble, pipes, and whistles in his sound. Last scene of all that ends this strange eventful history is second childishness, and mere oblivion. Son's teeth, son's eyes, son's taste, son's everything. You've been listening to The Seven Ages of Man from As You Like It by William Shakespeare. I'm Ray Ficka. The quality of mercy is not offered from compulsion, as you seem to think it is. It's more like a soothing summer rainfall that cools the heated brow. Don't you see that mercy is a double blessing? It blesses at once the giver and the receiver. It is the supreme power one more becoming a leader than any office or throne can. The king's scepter and even the law pale in comparison to the power of mercy. Although we sit in awe and even fear of both scepter and law, 
Can't you see how mercy transcends any power? It's a gift from God, and no power more resembles God than when mercy soothes the harsh teeth of justice. You who disdain mercy, consider this. Without it, justice would deny us all salvation. This good merchant, through no fault of his own, has defaulted on his loan. But for the grace of God go you or I, which is why I entreat you to withdraw your obsessive pursuit of justice. We're all the same. We all pray for mercy. And if you pray, look within and see how that prayer teaches us all to offer that same mercy. If my words don't touch you, take this warning to heart. Your appeal for strict and uncompromising justice will force the court to its obligation to rule against this merchant and without mercy sentence him according to the strictures of the law. And if that is the case, ask yourself, are you ready to be so judged? You have been listening to The Quality of Mercy from William Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice. I'm Ingrid DeSanctis. The Scepter Dial from Shakespeare's Richard II. This is Rick Foshay. Come closer, brother, quickly now. My time is short, and I have a lot to say of our king, as a prophet might, inspired by angst. The king's violent and reckless ways are like a blazing fire that will soon burn out. Just as big storms are short, but a steady rain can last the day. He who runs fast too early in the race tires early in the race. He who eats too quickly is as likely to choke on his food. This glutton will consume himself and then us all. This endowed place of right, this sceptered isle of humankind, this other Eden, this fortress, made strong by her geography, this happy breed of men and women, this little world, this precious stone with oceans for a natural wall against the envy of less happy lands, this blessed plot, this realm, renowned for the deeds of its heroes. Oh, this land of such dear souls, this dear, dear land, dear for her reputation throughout the world, is now leased out. I die pronouncing it. Our country, bound in by the triumphant seas whose massive shores beat back the envious, is now consumed in shame. By bureaucratic schemes, the shallow schemes of politicians, of those whose love of power have made conquest of a sublime and perfect idea. 
his scandal. And my wish is this scandal would vanish with the end of my life. How happily, then, would I embrace my death. Episodes of The Rose Rhapsody drop the first Monday of every month and can be found on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you take your listening pleasure. That fabulous horn you've been hearing belongs to Marcus Roots, along with his collaborator on the keys, Adrian Ruiz. Additional tracks from Sessions of Rhapsody in Blue feature guitarist Matt Gold, Hader Garcia on percussion, and the tenor saxophone of Irvin Pierce. To learn more about us and what we do, head over to theroserhapsody.com. And if you love interesting new content as much as we do, spread the word or drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. This week's podcast was produced by Trevor Cochran and Richard C. Washer and is a product of the Rose Theatre Company, all rights reserved. I'm Leslie Kopolinski. Now let's get back to that horn. <laughs>